for example, like, did they ever train their own staff? If they ever train their own staff, then it means that they're responsible for the outcome of the performance. It pretty much means that they have a good system because they were relying on the income that they were bringing in through the training. Yeah, because it wasn't just them getting money from a student and then saying goodbye. It was about, I need to train my staff so that they can be effective lash artists so that my business can make more money. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for, like, McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, on to our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is LashCast. Your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses. This is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in, my smart cookies. Yeah, hey, smart cookies. This is Paul here. Hey, Paul. Well, we have a big thing we want to talk about, and then we have some people we want to try to help today. So first, we want to just talk about, this is going to be different, because I think we've done a little bit of this before, but we haven't just done this. Because I see this advice, like, Make sure you get the best products and you get the best training. And of course, it's someone trying to sell products and someone selling training with the assumption that theirs is the best. And I'm like, but what criteria based on what? What makes something the best is what you're saying. Yeah, I want to know what makes it best. I'm sorry, no offense to all my friends who are trainers and own lash brands. I know they're great. A lot of them are amazing. But for them just to say, take my train because you don't want to take bad training, that's not really logical. Well, that's what we're here for today. We are going to break it down. What makes something good? What makes it best? At least, you know, some thoughts. I wouldn't say it was the all-inclusive encyclopedia on what makes great lashes or great products or great training. But we're going to give you some things that we think you should look for as you consider maybe you're early in your career and you're starting to look and maybe you've gotten away from the brand that you did your training with. And you're like, wow, I mean, I don't have to stay with XYZ lashes for the rest of my life. No, you can try many lashes of brands. In fact, I believe most more mature lash artists buy from three, four, five, six different brands. That's pretty normal. So anyway, we'll get into all that in a bit. But before that, we want to, well, actually we'll do announcements after this. Let's first, we have two friends that we want to help. Yeah, and our first one is Deb Basil. If you guys know, we did an episode just a couple weeks ago. Her salon burnt down on June 25th, and at this point we've raised, not we, but the Lash community and her friends and family have raised almost $12,000 for it. I just want to thank you, Lash community, because you guys are awesome. You're generous, you're kind, and you answered the call, so thank you. It's amazing. $12,000 from, a lot of people don't even know her. 
it's a little under 12 right now. Yeah. They don't even know her. They just did this because they heard there's a lash artist in need. And what do we, what are we united by, Tess? We are united by lashes. Exactly. We can have different walks of life. We can have different philosophies on politics and religion, but we are united by, by lashes. lashes. So because of that, and what it's exciting to look at the list of names of people, because a lot of them are, are just people I know that work in this industry. And some have given little and some have given lots. It doesn't matter. We're not, this, you're not going to be judged by how much you give. We You're just, judged because you answered the call and you just said yes. yes. You opened your hearts and your wallets and you shared. Yeah, so, so. I'm going to have the link in the bio and the show notes. You can still give to this account. Our goal was 25000 but at this point, I still feel like anything's better than nothing. This is still going to help her get back on her feet. She gets 5000 from insurance, so we're right at this point, she's got almost $17,000, which is a lot, and she hopefully get her at least a little more than halfway to what she needs to totally be set up. So if you guys can be so kind to continue to consider that and give that. Even if it's five bucks. Yep. It doesn't matter. Any amount's better than nothing. And if you can't do that, then. Was that a hiccup? Yeah, that was a hiccup or something. (laughs) I've been (laughs) drinking before (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Have Uh, you really? No, I have not. (laughs) No. What are you drinking? I'm drinking coffee is what I've been drinking. Maybe I'm a little too hyped up on coffee. Okay. And we have another friend that we want to help. And this might be a wonderful opportunity for you. So if there's any lash artist that is in the New York, Long Island area. So anybody from Suffolk County, Nassau, County, the borders of Huntington and North Fort, there is an opportunity to be part of Lacey Salem's team. Yeah, Lacey Salem is a last year award winner, someone we know very well, we trust, we really like, has a great heart, loves this industry. And basically, she's very good. She's also a, an excellent trainer. She's one of the students that I've had that has brought students with her and has just poured into her team. And what's really the hard part for her is that. She really invested her team and loves her team. In fact, bought tickets for her team to come to LashCon. And then because of life circumstances, two of her team members are moving out of state. And because it wasn't the business, they literally had life things that happened to them that are forcing them to leave in about the same time, very close to each other. And so all of a sudden, Lacey, who is a small business, doesn't have 18 staff, is very short-staffed and really needs to get some people in there. And she trains her staff. She'll invest in you, get you on your feet. This is a full-time position for licensed estheticians. So if you are interested, you can reach Lacey at salem.studio.com ny at icloud that's her email dot com yeah dot com and you can find her on instagram at salem underscore studio underscore new york and let me just give you the phone number her number is 631-953-1204 that's 631-953-1204 yeah and by the way we don't have to repeat numbers (laughs) Oh, you don't. People can just stop and go back on the podcast, um, but that's okay. It's like old school television. Old like, school, yeah. like a rotary. Is that like an old person thing that I Maybe just did? That, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. But anyhow, so help our friend Deb. Help our friend Lacey. This is the type of stuff that we want to be able to do for our community, where we can serve our community and help out. And I think both these people are amazing. Um, Deb's a last year award winner too, so... Lots of Lashy Award winners need some Lots of excellence around here. All right. We'll skip the announcements music. Just the announcements. All we have right now is LashCon, guys. LashCon, LashCon, LashCon. We're in the final three months. 
And it's crazy to think that three months from now, we're going to have over 12, 13, 1400 people. I have no idea what that means. What an, I wish you could do sign language. Why can't you understand I, what I'm saying I, did to you? Did you say I love me? You no, love I me? don't. I didn't say that. I mean, I do love you, but I was saying lashies. Talk about the lashies. Oh, award. yeah. We had the lashie awards. Okay. We did an episode on it last week, but yeah, we want to remind you all the lashies are officially opened. Links in the show notes. You can go to their Instagram, get a link there, or you can go to the last conference doc. No, not, well, you'll be able to go to lashconference.com. It's not on there yet, but if you go to lashcastproductions.com, you'll see it there. You can sign up 75 bucks, and today you can apply. There's seven categories of your salon, five categories of your solo, and I know a lot of you think you are not good enough. You can't win. I promise you, you might be shocked. And the process of filling out the application really gets the brain gears yeah. turning and begins to make you think about where are the gaps in your business? Yeah. How often do we have that time to be self-reflective and open to our own correction? This provides the most wonderful opportunity to do that. Exactly. It's all about self-discovery and becoming more self-aware owner of a business, whether you're solo or have staff. And this thing will force you to be that way because it's all about business, not about lashes. Maybe one day there will be, but for now, we just want to focus on and, and basically encouraging and supporting. Because you may be killing it alone in your room and you know, you want some love, you want some respect from other people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fill out the form. There's lots of categories that you can, you would probably be shocked that you could possibly win. You won't know unless you try. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take as Wayne Gretzky once said. Nobody knows who Wayne Gretzky is. Yeah, no one does. But I do. That's all that matters. I know who he is. And he was a great person. Who was he? He's a hockey player. Considered the best of all time. Actually, I don't know if that's true because I don't follow hockey now. Maybe there's been a guy since then, but I don't think so. I think he's still considered the Michael Jordan of hockey. So anyhow, that said, please go ahead and do that, guys. It'll do yourself a favor. You'll learn, you'll grow, and you might be shocked to see you win a Lashie Award because there's more than one winner per category because we don't believe that one person's the best at any one thing. As long as you meet a certain gold standard, last year we had two, three winners in most categories, and we hope to continue that trend this year. And it's judged by a panel of industry professionals. Yeah, we got like 40, hopefully we'll have 50 when we're done. People you all know, respect, are big names in the industry. They're going to be blindly check, test, or doing all the scoring. So this is not biased anyway. It's this merit-based, all about earning it. Those who kick butt will win, and those who are still learning or things to change will learn. So you either win or you learn. There's no losing in this. So it's a great opportunity. All right, let's get into investing in good products and investing in good training. What does that exactly mean? Because you see it all the time, people talking about, and it's usually someone trying to sell their own stuff. Like, okay, if you really want, the presumption is mine's the best products or mine's the best training, but make sure you do your research. I see that little phrase, make sure you do your research. And I'm like, but what am I researching? What am I looking for? Let's start with first, with products. What makes one company better than another company? Because here's the big secret. Maybe, you've not, maybe you're new to us. They're almost all the same, guys. All the product lines, all the products. I mean, even big name brands I talk to, they'll even say it. Oh, yeah, well, there's no real difference between me there's and others. There's not a lot of innovation with the lashes. They're polyester fibers. They can be single. They can be finer dimensions. Yeah, they can be they, fans. They, they can, can be, be stuck together. They can, tapered a little you know, different. They can be curled a little bit different. But pretty much everybody's using kind of the same thing, just like toothpicks. I like to say everyone's selling toothpicks, and some are really fancy, and some are really cheap. But it, in the it's end, not it's not a knock on anybody who's selling lashes. It's just that 
it's not like there's some that are machine operated and they've got little computer chips in them and they, they and make they, your they, breakfast in the yeah. morning. And they know how to curl when you're excited. That's right. They curl when you're excited and they shoot like sparks. Well, when, fireworks yeah, yeah, come yeah. out of your eyes when, you're, yeah, when you know that something good's about to happen. So, so basically they're pretty much all the same and everybody uses basically the same kind of thing. Really when it comes down to it, they are commodities. Commodities are things like pancakes. Commodities are like milk. A lot of these things are just commodities. It's things that you buy. Orange. Oh, we got to get my dog food. Yes. I forgot. Okay, good. Dog food. Remembering our to-do list while we're sitting here. So that said, there's basically commodities. And commodities are just very common day things that generally are only separated by one thing. And that is price. But I don't want that to be the only deciding factor for you. I think there's more to it. Price is a big reason to buy something over something else as simple as a lash. Well, some of the things that make my list on why we'll invest or buy from one company or another is first of all, their customer service. How do they handle an issue? Returns. Yeah. How do they handle a return? If I get something and the strips are so sticky that they don't release the lashes and there's goo on them or something like that, or the quality isn't what I expect or there's something wrong in the order. Maybe they sent something wrong. I want to do business with somebody who's going to listen to my concerns and make it right. Yeah, I think customer service is a big deciding factor, to be honest, because there's a lot of brands over the years I've known and I, I could never reach a live person. I'd be like, oh, I need to, nope, never going to reach It's them. all uh, through it's email. straight voice, voicemail, or actually they just tell you, just do email, and then it takes a week. Sometimes they never respond. Like you email, and I guess it goes to spam? Or Yeah, go, well, you know, or in the early days, I would just buy another order from another place if I was yeah. desperate, and I got the runaround. That's what I call the runaround. Yeah. It might be just somebody who's a small business owner but doesn't have a this system set up to handle it. To stuff. handle it. Yeah. So I just go buy somewhere else. So customer service is important. Another thing is, uh, Availability of product. That's it. Yeah. I mean, how easy is it to get the product when you need it? Yeah. And you fall in love with the product and then you order some more and it's slightly different. Or, or that's another or, issue. Or it's out. They're out. The and big then you one have is to get out. something else. Yeah. Not buying product in the early days, especially, we would get so flustered. Like, well, we would order big orders because we were ordering for the salon. And I go to a show and find a brand that I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. And they offered the trays at such a discount. I'd be like, we're buying from them next. But then I'd place an order and either they would come back and it would not be right or they well, wouldn't have what I was looking reason. for. That's another reason. Consistency. That's a third reason. And so then it's like every time I place the order, they're lacking something. Something's not quite right. The staff doesn't like the ones that came back. So I finally say, it doesn't matter if they charge less. I cannot get the product that I want. So it is not worth it to pay less. I'm going to pay what I need so that I can have the product when I need it. So find a brand that has great customer service. They, you can reach someone, you can get what you need. One that has availability of product consistently. Now, everyone once in a while runs out of stuff, but if every other month they're like, nope, we're out again, forget it. That gets a little painful and difficult to work with. And then consistency of product. Like you said, there's a lot of companies that, especially once you're in, when we would buy from overseas and it was not consistent. It would be like varied. Yeah, it still happens with some so-called American brands. brands. Yeah, Yeah. So those are three things. And then I think another one, which I think is less important, but definitely is one to consider because all of us have different brands that we identify with. Where certain brands, you're like, oh, this is a brand I really like because they do things 
the way I like they do things. I like their colors. I like their the value they give. They serve the community through their podcast or well, through people their, or, identify with the brand, right? Yeah. Ones that have funny sayings on the tweezers or they're in wild colors, yeah. or you oh, know, yeah. or the way that the color of the trays and the tweezers all really fun. That can really resonate with people. Yeah. The it, it elegance yeah. of something or the humor or the tissue paper, the handwritten notes, all those kinds of things can factor in. That's what makes people loyal to a brand. Exactly. And then you have right now, those are four. And then the fifth one, which we've mentioned a little bit was pricing is another one because truth is guys, you don't need to be paying $30 for a tray. If there's someone doing this, basically the same tray for 15 or 18, or maybe it's a pre-made and they're selling for 50 and there's another brand out there selling for 32. And you're like, it's the same product guys. It's not huge difference between these. You may go try one and go, Oh, I get why this one's cheaper. And then maybe cause they use thinner, less ideal plastic that you like, but overall the differences in these companies is pretty it's mild. negligible. It's pretty mild. It really becomes a personal preference. So for us, those are the five things that we thought of branding, customer service, price, availability of product and consistency. And there's probably more. And maybe you just... Sure, yeah. If you think of some, let us know. Yeah. DM us, let us know. Hopefully that helps you know, at least now, when you're looking at price. And get out of your mind that if you get trained by a product line, that you have to use a product forever. You don't. I remember back in college days, I remember hearing about marketing, where they said it's really important. This has changed, by the way, with the millennials and, and Zoomers and all that. They would say that with Gen X and Boomers, if you got them on a product by age 20, you had them for life. That was their product. And that's why when you walk around college campuses, they'd be passing out deodorant. They'd be passing out toothpaste. They'd pass out all these cheap products because they knew if they get you, you're done, you're in for life. Well, that's true with women and personal hygiene products like pads yeah. and tampons. Yeah, you, you, well, it's changed the younger generation because I'm not one of them. A little bit. Yeah, for sure. But like yeah. the ones that you were first introduced to, those are the kind of the ones that you have the most loyalty with, you know? I mean, that's why I'm a big spam eater. <laughs> You do not eat spam. <laughs> I don't eat spam. But if I ate a lot of spam as a kid, I probably would today be like, I think spam's amazing. Spam is hip in Hawaii. It is. Man, that's, yeah, everyone's eating spam in Hawaii. I don't yeah. know why. It's, it's not it's good for me. It's got nitrates in it. Yeah, it's not good for my cancer, so I don't have spam. FYI, Paul has prostate cancer, but yes. it's incredibly slow growing, and we are monitoring it, so don't worry. But yeah. thanks for your concern. I just dropped that ball. I'm like, yeah, I was like, what? Pause cancer. <laughs> so moving on next, let's talk about training because that's another one. I see, in fact, I probably see this more often thrown out there. Do your research about training. You need to know. In fact, don't do your research. Just buy my training. Is yeah. What saying, well, right? what are the things that you're looking for in training? Yeah. There's a lot of things to look for. And so we're going to pass on some. And I, this is by far not conclusive. I'm going to, I think there's actually quite a few more things, but this is like six, seven, eight things. We'll see how far we get. So first I think you should look at is look for brands or trainers who actually give a lot of value. What does value mean? You hear this term thrown around. That means they give away information for free. They're not just about, Oh, you want my secrets? You're gonna have to pay for them. That's the old school way. 10 years ago, no one gave away anything. If you want to know what the secret glue that someone used, you have to pay them to find out what the glue they used, right? None of that's true today. You see a lot of people now giving value, and I think these are the people to really follow because if they're this generous with free stuff and they give away good tips, good ideas, then imagine how amazing their class is going to be. Well, it's not just tips. It's not just posts, information on Instagram or on YouTube and things like that, but it's access to the materials. So this would be another point. So next point. 
do they give you a handout, a booklet, a download? Yeah, a manual. Um, is it sort? only available for a certain time? You're not allowed Can to take pictures? Can you take, take it pictures? with you? Yeah. yeah. There's some that you have to pay a licensing fee for, or you have to renew it to access information, which isn't a bad thing, but it's just you should know. There's some that you can't actually re-access the app information once it's been delivered orally to you. Yeah. Some people will not, you can take notes, but you cannot take it. You, they won't give you anything written because they're afraid of you stealing their notes or their ideas and selling and creating your own manual. And, and to each his own, people yeah. are allowed to do business how they see fit. To us, that's not being generous. And to us, that's not the way we would do it. Well, that's yeah. not the way I would do it because that's not how I learn. First of all, I need to be able to access and re-access something. And it's wrong, by the way, to plagiarize and copy someone's stuff anyways. So if if you write it all out and you're afraid that someone's going to steal from you and copy it word for word, you would have, if, if you trademarked it or legal um, copyright it, you would have legal rights to protect yourself. So there's some of that, so, but I wouldn't worry about that because you wrote that book, like Tuss, we don't give this out anymore, but you have like an 80, 90 page manual that you wrote. And that was just based on all the stuff that you learned over the years. We just took everything we down, wrote it all out. And I know there were people who took it and reused it. It's well, fine. I want people to reuse it because it rises the industry. If you are equipped to understand the anatomy, understand the chemistry, understand the biology, you are going to be better informed to get better service to your clients. And you're going to be better informed to teach it to somebody else that you might be mentoring, which raises everybody up. The basic idea is we just ask that if you're going to copy it, at least rewrite it. Make it your own. Make it your own words. Like, obviously, these are not original ideas. What we teach is not something that we came up with in a lab by ourselves. No one else heard about. But at the same time, we would appreciate that you make it your own spit. Like literally copying word for word is not the Give way somebody to go. credit for it, but I'm not yeah. going to ever come against no. anybody for using that information to grow their business because that's why I put it out there. So value, giving them way access to information so that they can keep it and retain it. Another thing, I think pretty much this goes without saying, see their work. Hopefully, in fact, this is something we don't do good with you enough is all your work that's online. It's like five years or older, yeah, I think. it's older than that. Yeah, maybe seven years older now at this point. So we need to update and get your photos out there. But that said, if you don't have work photos or images of what they do, it's hard to know if they can deliver what you want to learn. If you want to learn wispy sets, then you better go for someone who gives you wispy sets. If you have someone who has great retention, you better look into it. Here's an idea. If they say they have great retention, ask them how long do their clients go between appointments. If they say two to three weeks, no offense, that's average. Great retention is like four weeks, five weeks. That's great retention. And it doesn't mean this. That's something new that I've thought about. Yes, lashes are going to last up to six, seven, eight weeks because lashes hold on for dear life because it's cyanoracular glue. But do they look good for four, three, Just four, Just because five you have weeks? one or two straggling extensions on there does not mean that it, the set has lasted no. for two months, for three months, yeah. because you've only got one or two there. Yeah. So the real question is, do they look good for three, four, or five like, weeks? Like, do they have lashes from corner to corner without any major gaps? Exactly. I mean, they might look lighter, but you still see them from corner to corner. Exactly. And that's the type of stuff that you should be asking, not just about the lashes, but how long, if you look, especially for all the retention classes that are now out there. The other thing is that a lot of people are in the practice of hiring models to do their work on. They're not actually paying clients. clients yeah. And that's fine to do that too, if that's how you want to do your business. But it's what you can do on a model, but it's not necessarily what you're doing for the people that are actual clients. It's yeah. one of the reasons why if you're going to a med spa or doctor's office, they have to say, here in California, they have to say actual 
patient or a client or a model. They have to differentiate between those two just in terms of advertising, being transparent. Yeah, I think one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is I understand there's some trainers out there that have no longer take clients and they still do models like model sets and they do that. Some of it's just to stay fresh and keep up to date. Some of it's just for pictures and all that. But if they're not doing anyone, like they're just teaching now and that's all they're doing and selling products, their skill levels may not be keeping up to date. And you may want to find someone who is currently working at least some way, maybe part-time as the last artist, or at least every week is doing models somehow. You just want someone who's staying current. You don't want to see someone who, well, I was, I, last time I really did, uh, last was five years ago. <laughs> That's probably not the ideal person you want to go for. Let's see what else was there. Oh, asking how long they've been doing lashes. We think minimums two years. Mm. I know, Tusk, you probably wouldn't want to take it from someone for two years. Four, five, six years would be That's better. better. Two years is really on the very short end. Let me say, at the two-year point, I felt super confident about my staff. And I knew that they could pretty much handle anything that came through the door. Mastery, they were pretty good. They were adept, knew how to problem solve. Yeah. But... I would still like to see a little bit more experience because you just grow. Yeah. A little bit more would be good. Another thing too, and by the way, they may have great work online, but it doesn't mean they know how to deal with every set of lashes. Because remember, if they're just doing models, then they're picking the ideal eye shape they want to work with, with the most beautiful eyes, someone who's like 21 years old and looks amazing. And they spent five hours doing that set. And you're just like, okay, that's not the real world. I like to see some People you did in two hours and three hours, maybe someone that's 45, maybe someone whose eyes are hooded or have some Somebody other that's things. 85. Or 85, yeah. So that leads us to another point, which is the models. Yeah. I know that some people, some trainers will pre-select their models to only be a certain type that will be easy for the client or the student to master. But it's really not true mastery because it's only a cookie cutter. What happens if you get somebody coming to your business that doesn't fit that 20-year-old model? Yeah, I guess you should ask the question should be, where do you get your models from? And they go, oh, it's only, I have these five women that do all the work. It's like, well, if it's only a certain type of look, you're not going to get a lot of variation. I mean, you probably want to see a couple models minimum during a training. You don't want to see one model. You want a couple different eye shapes, different types of eyes, just so you can test the boundaries of what you're learning. Because if you're just getting one eye for a couple hours and that's it, or worse, a doll head, like all oh, our models are doll heads. It's like, well, okay. Doll heads, not really anything like a real human. So it's maybe great for your first time trying no, to get a bond, but nothing th- they're else. They're basic, but they're not anatomically correct. So yeah. it's not the same thing. And then you also want to check, are the models your fellow students? Are you using yeah. part of your time to be there as a model? Yeah, are you paying them money so that you can sit in the bed and be modeled on? <laughs> I think the best situation is when the instructor pays for models because be it takes the pressure off the student yes. in order to behave like a, treat them like a client would because they're there to learn a new technique. This is a suggestion to trainers because I don't think anyone does this. We pay our models to be there. That way we can say when our artists are doing the work, we tell them, look. We do not take design requests and they are not here to chat. You will probably get some lashes on there, but you're not guaranteed. (laughs) Yeah, you're not guaranteed. We're paying you to be here. Now, I think that's a great thing for more trainers to do because also when you pay them, less likely than no-show because they want the money. Getting paid to get, I get lashes and I get some money. We pay our models 40 bucks. 
So for that, it's not a lot of money, but for three hours or two and a half hours laying in bed, that's not a bad deal. Plus you get a full set of lashes shelling. So And we give them two models so yeah. that there is some differentiate. You might get somebody that's really challenging to do. But I think that it is better to do that than to give somebody pre-select people that are only have one eye type because it gives the student a false sense of competence and or they begin to not like anybody that's outside of that paradigm. And I have heard it said other places, well, what is the ideal eye shape? Which always makes me gasp because the ideal eye shape, in my opinion, is whatever the client has, not whatever's easiest for you. No, that's why you're the big pro, right? Because you can take anything. That's the goal. Right. So it doesn't matter. Like if you've been doing lashes for two years, you've only been doing one type of person. It's like you can't master anything that walks through the room and make them look beautiful. I mean, don't people that are not the ideal they have a right to have good lashes have good lashes and be beautiful and have somebody fuss over them so another thing let's keep moving along here another one would be can you actually talk to them about the class because if all you have is a website where that's your only place that you can get information and learn about i don't feel like that's a good sign like you should be able to email them get back answer your questions and concerns even best if they, you have a really big question be again on the phone I and mean, if you're going to spend twelve hundred fifteen hundred two thousand three thousand dollars and there's no one that's going to talk to you and listen to you and have you answer questions could be a red flag that could be a red flag doesn't mean they're bad but it also means that maybe they're, they're not, either not organized or not very generous so those are not good things so we talk about models oh this one that you did about training staff just a question that would will pay dividends is, have they ever trained anybody that they were responsible for? For example, like, did they ever train their own staff? If they ever train their own staff, then it means that they're responsible for the outcome of the performance. It pretty much means that they have a good system because they were relying on the income that they were bringing in through the training. Yeah, because it wasn't just them getting money from a student and then saying goodbye it was about i need to train my staff so that they can be effective lash artists so that my business can make more money so that would be somebody who i would follow is because they have experience with it and they've had skin in the game it doesn't mean that you can get good training from somebody who hasn't but it's just an added question to ask and i think it could bring value one more thing but like we're saying there's a lot of trainers out there that never had staff so i don't want to diss some and say they all are bad that doesn't mean that but it does mean that if they have done that that might give someone a little bit more added value like oh my gosh they've trained 40 people in lashes their own staff and they all became employees and they worked with them that says a lot about that well for me that was my learning curve was yeah. realizing I needed to, I opened a salon when lashes wasn't super popular. I started hiring people in 2010 and not a lot of lash artists out there at that time. Actually 2009. Yeah, that's right. So being able to have to train people on how to do it, you're making a lot of mistakes too yeah. when you're first starting out. You learn a lot through that because you get to see how well your teaching does. That's right. It's one thing when you teach someone and they leave your salon, you never see, or not your salon, but your training and you never see them again. You don't know if it was effective because they left. But when you train your own staff and then you have to work with them for two years, you quickly learn, like, they sucked at that. Well, for me, it was also a gauge, like, how effective was I as an instructor? When I first started, it was three months. And then we got it down to two weeks. And, of course, the student has to apply themselves. But, I mean, that was a big jump for me, three yeah, months no, to two, you two weeks. You grown immensely you know? in your training, yeah. And the same even now with our regular classes when we teach. I feel like now versus a few years ago, 
people are picking things up even a quicker. A lot better. Yeah, because you learn. It doesn't mean that I wasn't qualified when I first started, but it's just that just like when you do lashes, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Exactly. Another thing to think about is how long the classes. I mean, there's no real number I can say. This is how long your class needs to be. Because some classes are just teaching a technique, a simple idea. So they can be an afternoon. Other classes, like I think classic or volume, mega volume, those should be one, two, three days at least. If they're saying I can teach you in three hours or worse, I am one day I'll teach you all three techniques. No, that's not going to happen. You're not going to get all three. Or if you do, it's going to be three horrible days. Well, you know. I mean, you can do it, but I mean, how much practice do you have with each technique? Exactly. I mean, are you doing one full model on each technique? Because that could work. Yeah. But if it's three techniques with no models on a doll head, that's no. different. That's a different learning environment. Exactly. That's not really a smart way to go about it. There's no set number like, oh, it has to be this. I would say minimum you want a six, seven, eight hour day at least. You want time to understand the concept, mull it over in your head. You want time to practice the technique and then you want to do it on a person, maybe a couple of times. That can get that hardwired into your brain. Next is asking for referrals, of course. That almost goes without saying. But here's the thing we've seen. You got to be careful with this one. This one, you got to be a little more careful because just because people are out there saying good things about it, like we have people that have loved our trainings, but I've seen this psychological thing happen where Tustin is taking training or I've talked to people privately about training, but then I see him publicly praising a trainer. And there is a certain need or a thing that happens in our industry. When you take a training, first, as a consumer, you want to feel like you're a good consumer. You never say, oh, I took a training that was a waste of money. That's a bad feeling. So you're going to convince yourself, like, I just spent $2,000. That, that was, was a good money training. well spent. Yeah, I didn't waste my money. I'm a smart consumer. So there's that need. Secondly, there is a desire to be included in the Lash Club. As a lot of these trainers are well-known, they're influencers, they're big names. And so everyone wants to be one day eventually in that same club. They want to be friends with all the 30 top trainers in the lash industry. They want to be invited to come speak. So even if you didn't get a good training, you're still not really going to let people really know how you feel because you don't want to out yourself, yeah, right? Yeah, because you feel bad. Like, wait, maybe it was me. Maybe the train was good and I was just out of touch. Or maybe the trainer just had a bad day, but I really love this trainer, so I don't want to say anything bad. So just, you know, even though people will say things, it doesn't necessarily mean the trains are great. <laughs> There are some people out there I've heard, like, I've just never heard anything great. Off the record. Now, no one will publicly say things about certain trainers, but off the record, they'll go, yeah, I wish but I could. You yeah. should say, would you spend the money again? That's a good question. That's the good question. That I know really... you got a lot, but would you do it again? Yeah. You loved it, but would you do it would again? Would you give this to your child? And there are people, there are big name trainers where I know the people like, I like to take this trainer every two years. I'll just take that training again because I just know that I need that reinforcement, that encouragement. They always have new twists, new things to give me. And so they're willing, they love that trainer. And so they will continually take that over and over and over. So yeah, would you take that class again? I think is one of the or best questions. Or would you gift that to your child? <laughs> yeah. Or would you gift it to your best friend, your best last year friend? Like, would you pay that money so your friend could go? Because it's that valuable, right? If you say no to that, you might want to consider that. It's an endorsement for the person, but not necessarily the training. Yeah. All right. Just a couple more things. The next one was basically, and this is more just like kind of like the last one. It being expensive does not necessarily mean that it's great. Price is not indicative of, of quality. I've seen it a lot of times where people say, oh, 
If you want good training, you have to pay a lot. No, I, no, I don't believe that. I know that I've known some trainers I've heard and I've heard the great vines who do great work and they don't charge two, $3,000. They're charging more affordable pricing because they have decided that they really want to have a lower price point because they want to more people, more to, people enter. to take the class and help more people. It's the same thing with lash. There are good lash artists who charge insane money, amount of money. And there are actually good lash artists who charge moderate and they're still as good. They're just going for different markets. What about the trainees that are extremely low cost? Sometimes it's not worth it to pay less. Yeah, to pay less. And that's true. Yeah, if someone's charging you two, three hundred bucks, that's probably a point where you're like, what am I getting? And they're like, well, you get an hour with me. I'm like, okay, make sure you know what you're getting. If it's only a few hundred bucks, you better make sure you're getting what you want. If they say, oh, I'm going to teach you volume training, it's only 200 bucks, I would be highly suspicious. I think you're going to need a lot more than just a couple hours, and you're definitely going to need probably a couple, at least a full day, if not two days, because you want models and all that stuff. So, yes, I don't have the exact number. I wish I could say everything below 500 is crap and everything above 3,000 is overpriced. There is nothing set there. That's why we're just sort of just guidelines. There's all these other things to consider. But just you don't have to spend three, four, five thousand dollars to get great training. There are people doing good work out there, which is why you should ask a lot of these other questions. And probably the last thing, which I forgot about, is what do you get with it? Do you get a kit? Do you get access to this information later on? Can you talk to the, do you, can you DM or email them or call them and ask them for help? If they are like, no, once we're done, it's like drive-by trainings. I drive, I fly in, I fly out. I'll never hear from me again. I'll never hear from me again. I don't know what that means. You'll never, never hear, from, hear me. from me again. Yeah, that's not a good sign. And if they don't give you a kit or anything, like, no, no, you have to provide all your own supplies, everything yourself, and you're charging like $2,000, let's say. It's like, well, wow, nothing comes with it? That's a lot of money. You can't even like provide anything? Nope, nope, you're on your own. So that's not a good thing either. So real quick, let me do the review on training. What do you figure out when you want good training? Well, you want someone that gives you good value, who you see online, being giving generous you want people have good photos of their work you want to see or go with to someone who you can is available to talk to i'm sorry i'm reading and talking at the same time and you're not saying much and i'm not saying anything i'm just mumbling you also want to find out how long they've been doing lashes we'd like people doing four or five years you want to find out if they trained their staff that's not a bad idea you also added want, bonus if they train yeah them. that's really an added bonus you want to find out what kind of models you're gonna work on are you working on doll heads are you working on each other the best thing is paid models yeah and a couple of them and other than us, I don't think anyone well, else is doing that. Well, it's called for other trainers to do raise, better. Yeah, raise the bar. How long are the classes? Are they short and quick and swift, or do they give you enough time to really learn the material? Do you, you can talk to referrals, but remember, just be aware that a lot of times referrals are just people trying to kiss up to the trainer so that they'll be loved. <laughs> so Ask the question, would you spend the money again? Yeah, would you do it again? And then lastly, price is not necessarily a, a sign that it's great or bad. It just, you got to just realize, you got to rely on a lot of these other things because there are, I'm sure trainers, I've heard plenty of times where someone said, I took a train, it cost me $1,800. And it was like a four-hour training, and the, it was horrible with no manual, no supplies, and they just left, and they were heartbroken, right? So there's those extremes, and then there's other people who do two-hour trainings, too, who do the same thing. So price is not always indicative. You really got to dig in a little deeper and see what value. And lastly, do they offer kits? Do you get a manual? And so forth. So I think that's everything. Did yeah, we, I think that's good. Maybe a if we left anything out, just DM us. Yeah, let us know, because we are 
just sharing some of our tips or some of the things we've thought about over the years, but there's probably even more and we could always add to that. So, all right. I think we're done, right? We're we good. are done. All we right, are so out of here. Go support Deb and go link in the show notes and let's get her to her 25,000. And if you're in the New York area, Long Island Long area, Island. you might, and you're looking for really a great owner and someplace you can grow and be trained and so, be mentored, and mentored and all that. And especially if you're a newer lash artist, this is for you. Go to our show notes for that. And that's Lacey Salem, Salem Studio. Salem Studios, yes. So, all right, guys, we are done. We're out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. Please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Hiccup Tusney, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you're a friend in the lash industry. 